Cinema. Welcome back to War with Cinema. I'm your host, Greg, your local metalhead, and with me is... Par the Collector. What's up, everybody? And you gave me Boondock Saints. I fucking love this movie, bro. 1999. I'm not even, I'm not even gonna fuck around. Yeah. Okay, so... It's a guilty pleasure. It is 8.30 in the morning mm-hmm. while we're doing this, right. and I had to go grab a glass of whiskey to do this episode because this took me on an emotional roller coaster. Such a good this movie. This fucking movie. So good, dude. Okay, a little backstory. Boondock Saints came out in 1999. Mm. When it did not do very well in theaters, but when it went to video, it yeah. was a huge hit. It was a cult a cult classic instantly. Mm. I remember this movie being talked about, passed around in high school. Everyone talked about this movie in high school. And I'm sure you Yeah, I saw it in high school, bro. It's crazy that it went that long that it went that long before I saw it. But um fucking phenomenal. I remember watching this in high school. I remember liking it like everyone else. It's just one of those things that somebody would ask me. Like, oh, you like Boondock Sings? Yeah, I love that movie. But I haven't seen it since high school. It's just one of those, I like it, but I don't feel the need to rewatch it in my later years. You know what I mean? Mm. So I uh, I rewatched this movie for the podcast, and I have some <laughs> some opinions. Mm-hmm. And uh, But while I was doing my research, I found out there was a documentary made about this. Well, more so about the guy that made this movie. Yeah, because he like... It's, over, it's called Overnight. Yeah, because it's like such a hit and he like never made another movie that was worth a fuck. Right. So just I have it in my notes. Don't talk about the documentary. Talk about the movie. So I just want to get some of this out of the way. Okay. Troy Duffy. A lot of people know his story, but let's go ahead and brush up on people that don't know. He was a bartender slash bouncer. Mm. He wrote a script based off of some experienced drug dealer robbed a dead guy in an alleyway. So he was inspired to write this script of uh, Boondock Saints. The script came across Harvey Weinstein's desk. So he offered him half a million dollars to make this movie. Um, Troy Duffy became, how do I explain this? It came to, it got to his head really quickly. Mm. He seemed like he was the best thing ever happened to Hollywood, you know, and he was hard to work with. So Harvey Weinstein dropped the project it got picked up by another studio that's why it got made but before they could release it i guess (laughs) harvey weinstein blacklisted him so his movie could not be released but eventually it did get released or whatever so there's like a huge backstory about this guy and all the trouble he made in hollywood and basically he hasn't been able to work in hollywood again since this because he's so hard to work with i mean he he might be hard to work with and all that and that's not cool but harvey weinstein ended up being a huge piece no of no shit, no. i'm so. not defending harvey weinstein no, at all but and i get that you could tell that the the first one versus the second one and i told myself today that i was not going to diminish how much i love this one because of how much i hate the fucking second one I haven't seen the second one, and I just I have no interest. You don't need to. Yeah. You really so, don't. Got it, all that out of the way. Let's talk about the movie. So this is starring Willem Dafoe, Sean Patrick Flannery, Norman Reedus, David Della Rocco, Billy Connolly. You know, it has some, some people in here. Not a bunch of, like, big... Well, other than Willem Dafoe, yeah. obviously, and... You know, the two main guys. This movie feels so Boston and so fucking Irish that, like, 
even if you have no Irish in you, you feel Irish watching this damn movie. Like it's you so Irish. To, you that- want to move to Boston into Charlestown <laughs> and just fucking start living life, dude. It's so Irish that I feel like they took their accents from the Lucky Charm commercial. Their accents are fucking horrible, Nick. Well, one of them actually is Irish. The bartender, and that's it. I thought Sean Patrick Flannery is Irish. I don't think he is, no. How do you have a name like Sean Patrick Flannery and you're not fucking Irish? I don't know. That's an, that's just, I, I don't believe that. Norman Reedus <laughs> sounds like he might be like Scottish or something. But right. like, You know what's funny is I remember like before I, like when I started watching The Walking Dead, I'm like, oh, it's Norman Reedus. I like him from this movie. But after rewatching it, he's not great in this movie. <laughs> Oh, I think he's good. Man. Nah, I don't think I so. I like them both. And it, um, I think this is probably like, I don't know, Norma Reedus because of The Walking Dead, but I'm not a huge Walking Dead fan, so I don't think of him as Daryl Dixon, even though I know that's what 100 people out of 100 will, will Yeah, you say Norman Reedus, you're like, oh, from Walking Dead. Right. Yeah. But to me, he's always going to be this, and he's always going to be uh, Blade 2. Like, that's... <laughs> That's the movies I associate with Norman Reedus. Immediately. So I'm going to I'm going to take the veil off pretty early. I hated this movie this time around. Really, bro? I remember liking it back in the day. Rewatching it. I do not like this movie anymore. Bro, it's good because like it's simple, bro. It's simple. And it's like it's to me, it's like Snatch. It's like a gangster movie, but you didn't need a huge budget to do this. I was going to say it's like a watered down Quentin Tarantino. Mm-hmm. Like that low budget real world feeling you know action whatever it's not a lot of action it's just killing really <laughs> like so i mean these- i guess it's like i don't know we'll get into it but uh yeah it's two brothers they right. live in boston, south boston and they're they're twins not identical but fraternal fraternal twins and uh they work at a meat factory and it's I love the opening bit to this movie. They're it's St. Patrick's Day. And they're having to train a new person mm-hmm. at their at the meat factory, and it's a, it's a big um, what gay woman, right? It doesn't. Speaking of the director, I feel like the director is a bigot, and this is his excuse to like be a bigot and put all of his bigotry in a movie because there's a lot of racism. There's a lot of you know. Sexism. Well, that's Boston. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. The I watched this movie and I was like, I didn't like this, but I know it has a cult following and I'm sure the director worked really hard and I don't want to talk too bad about him, but I watched the documentary and this guy is a fucking tool. And I love the word that my wife used called an alpha hole. I was like, that perfectly sums up this guy. And I hate him as a person because of that documentary that I don't care about talking shit about this movie. So it's nothing personal. It's more so the writer director that just rubbed me the wrong way. So I don't feel bad talking bad about this movie. Uh, That's fine because you can't ruin how I feel about it. No, I'm not trying to, but I'm not going to hold anything back. Go for it. Uh, I love it. She's like. He's just trying to show her something on the line. And he's like, yeah, we usually use like a rule of thumb. Mm-hmm. And she goes, rule of thumb? And she goes on to this big diatribe, like get, trying to get everybody's attention. Like, you know, back in the 1900s, you were allowed to beat your wife as long as the stick was no wider than your thumb. And yeah. he's just trying to like make a joke, you know, like lighten in the mood. And he's like, a thumb ain't going to do much. He's like, should have been rule of the wrist. <laughs> 
And she flips out and kicks him in his balls. And then his brother, being a great brother, just lays this chick out. I mean, I never advocate hitting women, but this chick was like a foot taller than him. She's built like a linebacker. I always had the uh, the rule of thumb, no pun intended, that if you're going to put yourself in a man's position, then you're going to be treated like a man. I mean, she destroyed his balls. Yeah. Like it was one of those field goal kicks. Like she went full force into his balls. Right. With her size 12 Timberland. She was a big woman. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. She's been in other movies and stuff. Um, Anyways, but I just love that little opening bit and the fucking managers just standing up like, Oh shit. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm assuming they didn't lose their jobs. Right. They go home and, uh, I also love that opening scene where they're in the where they're in the church and they just get oh, up right. and walk to the to the um yeah it has the religious overtones throughout the whole movie they even have the religious because they really believe like that they're being told you know they're that they're being like given this task by God not yet no I know but that like right, eventually right, right. you yeah, know yeah, what yeah. I mean and <clears throat> but they're like devout Catholics and they go to church every mass every Sunday mm-hmm. and they can't stay because they go to work but they're good dudes and everybody in the neighborhood loves them so like the pastor does or the I keep saying pastor because I didn't grow up Catholic uh, <laughs> the priest right the priest uh, doesn't even stop his sermon and it's a really crazy story about a woman getting stabbed to death in broad daylight by a uh, like a gangster mm-hmm. like because she was a witness or some shit right and he's like the last thing he says before they walk out of the church is we cannot let evil men or we can the only thing worse than evil men is uh the indifference of good men which means like good people not doing anything right when you know something terrible's happening yeah he's trying to man. set up the rest of the movie on what you're what to expect so the next scene is they're in the bar right? with their good buddy who owns the bar. And he, this is the only Irish guy in the movie. He has a great stutter, too. It's hilarious. He has a, a great bit. Tourette stutter, whatever. It's trying Fuck to be funny. Ass. <laughs> I love that guy. So, and they hang out with a mafia associate who is, uh, it's actually his real name in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They call him Rocco, but like that's his real name. Yeah. And it's he's, apparently he's a buddy of yeah, the director, so yeah. he's fucking great too. Like it's, it, I think he makes the movie so much better for not being like a regular actor. Like he, I think he does a good job. It's literally like they did pull a dude off the fucking street of Boston and just like had him, you know. Well, apparently the director, um, he told him just act himself, mm-hmm. just be yourself. Yeah. So that's how he is, really. I guess. What the fucking fucking fuck? <laughs> I love that shit, dude. It's great. Um. So yeah, they go. They're they're having a good time. It's St. Patrick's Day. They're just getting drunk, and these three big fucking Russians come walking mm-hmm. in. And I love how it sets up all the characters. Like it gives their rank and shit. You know, I'm a sucker for organized crime shit, bro. I know. I know. You know like, that's why I love this movie so I know. fucking much. And to me, that's just like, Mwah, give me more. And uh, it's like Ivan Chekyov, fucking Russian mafia so, uh, soldier. I get that. I don't mind that part. My part that I really don't. You know what I wish they had more of? It should have gave the other two fucking dudes standing there. Should have gave their list too, man. Like, <laughs> I need more mafia titles, bro. Give me, give me more hierarchy. The problem I have with this movie is it's trying to be deep, but it's not as deep as it wants to be. It, uh, I, 
I don't throw this word around lightly, but it came off as very pretentious. You know what I mean? That's just my my feelings on it. So, yeah, but I do I don't mind the mafia Russian aspect of it. It's the trying to tie religion in, doing the right thing, and you know, taking care of the bad people in the world that just rub me the wrong way. Dude, I mean, honestly, it's like this entire movie to me is just a very graphic way of showing what superheroes would do. I mean, yeah, it's a, uh, a anti hero movie. It's Deadpool. It's, you know, Wolverine. It's all those characters. They're just Irish. Well, whenever, whenever people say they don't fuck with comics or superhero movies and shit, they're always like, oh, dude, who would keep stopping a bad guy over and over again? We wouldn't just fucking kill him. Like, mm-hmm. You have to. And then everybody gives Zack Snyder shit because, like, they killed the bad guys. Yeah. You know, they, so it's, it's always that, but I do feel like that. Like if superheroes were real, like eventually they would just kill them. Okay. Like, well, let's get into it and we'll start to like peel back the, the reason I don't care for this story structure, the way it's laid out. So the Irish, the, I keep want to say Irish, the Russian mob comes in and basically they're taking over this block mm-hmm. and they're saying we're, they're trying to, anyways. yeah, they're trying to. So they come in, they're like, we're buying you this get is, out. We're buying this establishment. This is no longer your bar. You need to get you out. Stay. You all go. Yeah. I love that shit. <laughs> and it causes a tension between them. So a bar fight, you know. I love that shit. Though. And uh, they beat these dudes ass. And then, like, Norma Reedus is, like, getting cornered by this big fucking Russian. And everybody goes, to, like, because there's, like, eight of them, bro. And these these Irish dudes just start whooping their ass. Mm-hmm. Like, just Boston in there. Just a Boston beat down. So. Right. And, uh. His brother like holds him back. He's like, nah, he's a big boy. He's good. Yeah, he yeah, takes yeah. these two bottles and crushes them over this dude's head. And next thing you know, they tie this big Russian to the bar and they're fucking setting his ass on fire. It's hilarious, bro. <laughs> the action, I don't have a problem with. I think the action works in this movie. You know, there's like little parts like the bar fight. Yeah. I thought it was pretty fun. There's one action scene that I'm like, no. It's a good gangster movie, bro. I mean... There are, parts of, there are parts of it that Vigilante I... Vigilante gangster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are I parts guess. of it that I don't mind. The action is one of them that I really don't mind. I think it's fun. It's okay to hate the director and to hate him as a person, but you could still like the movie. But I hate the script, the way the script is laid out. I'm just uh, I'm talking about the pump, the the points that I do like. Action, it's good. The, uh, the one thing that he actually... I can give him kudos to is he's really good with slow-mo. Yeah. There's a lot of slow-mo in this movie and it fucking works. Like right. it hits how it's supposed to. So uh, kudos to him, like never directing a movie before and pulling off that slow-mo. Like he doesn't overuse it like Zack Snyder. Right. He sprinkles it in just enough where it, it elevates the scene. So kudos, right. you know. All right. So cuts to the next day and I love this fucking scene, man. They're it's in the, the apartment sleeping in the Russian guys. No, no, no. Not yet. It's not yet? No. This is where we get introduced to Willem Dafoe. Mm. Right. It's fucking great because it's just a bunch of Boston cops drinking coffee, standing around bullshitting about what it is. Like, what? Because I guess that's what most cops do when they first get there. Right. Because if you're not a detective, <laughs> you're just locking down the perimeter and making sure nobody fucks with the crime scene. You you're know? putting little numbers down right. of uh, yeah. evidence. I mean, I, I just imagine cops being like janitors, really. I do kind of like the layout of this. It was actually, in, it makes it more interesting. It's is, like SVU almost. Yeah. Like watching they, an episode of Law and Order. They talk about what they think happened happened and then after it shows what actually happened i thought that's an interesting little take like, yeah well that's what ruined the fucking sequel bro because that's literally what they did they did the same fucking thing over
over again. Did they really? Except they couldn't get Willem Dafoe to show up for a whole nother fucking movie <laughs> other than a five minute cameo at the end. Like, so it's a fucking chick with a Southern accent trying to do the same thing, even with the fucking headphones. It's literally a ripoff. It could have been, it could have been like his daughter that, that could have worked because she could have like. Let me show you how hard up they were for fucking actors to play gangsters in the second movie. Motherfucking Judd Nelson plays a mafia boss. <laughs> plays Yakavetta's son. Yeah. You'd probably love the second one. It's so shitty. You would probably love it. Just love it out of like, yeah. it's so bad. I like it. Yeah, exactly. It would just be like, it's so stupid, but I, lo- I loved it, man. You want to know who he wanted to get? Who? Robert De Niro. <laughs> oh, I bet. Like, but I love the guy they got. Like, I thought he did a good job. Because, I mean, honestly, De Niro would have been wasted on yeah. what they used the mafia boss for. Yeah, yeah. I thought that guy did a, a great job for the little bit he did. Um, I feel like every movie I see that guy in, he's always played a bad guy. You know why? Because the is. fucking hairy knuckles. Yeah. I was thinking that when I was watching it. I'm like, if you have hairy knuckles, you're just a bad guy. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, you're either only, that or Robin Williams. I was just about to say, the only <laughs> motherfucker that could pull that off was old Robin, man. Robin <laughs> could do that shit. Any, anybody else, big muscles and hairy knuckles, you're just automatically a mob boss. Fucking shirt open. <laughs> yes. Fucking gold chains and shit. Right. Like, he just pulls it off. Like, you know what I mean? This guy looks like an asshole. Um, we'll get back to him, but the... Uh, then another part I really liked about this, and it's kind of a given, is uh, Willem Dafoe. Oh, fuck. Who's, they, he uh, steals this fucking movie. He dude. does, and he's the reason I remember liking this movie so much. Yeah. It's like, God, Willem Dafoe is so good. I love this movie. But it's honestly, it's not fair, bro, because you can't say, like, even the shittiest of movies, if he's in it, he wasn't bad in it. You know exactly. I mean? like, even the actor. Even the Spider-Man movie that just came out, like... It's a good movie. It's fun. He, but he elevates it. Yeah, he brings it home, dude. He fucking like, makes it so much better. I love, love, love him in this movie. They called him after fucking, he ain't played that part in 30 years, man. And they were just like, hey, bro, we just need you to save this fucking movie. And he puts on a better performance than he did the first time. Yeah. The fuck, Willem. Dude, he's, he's so good. He's aged like wine, bro. Yes, 100%. A fantastic fucking actor. So, yeah, he does the whole like, and I'm a sucker. He puts his headphones in and plays a fucking Walkman right out of 99, baby. And oh, I yeah. Know that took you I back. think I had that exact same one, too. Oh, fuck. Who didn't have the all black, bro? <laughs> fucking Sony, bro. Everybody had that thing. You dude. couldn't walk without it skipping, but fucking you tried. Unless you had a hoodie, man, and you kept your hands just on it. Hold it. it. <laughs> perfectly bro with your fucking 12 cds you brought from the house like i have to say though because they had the anti-skip and a lot of them kind of sucked but i did have one cd player that was it was that one that he it was had. the last generation of cd players i think because it was waterproof anti-skip dude that thing was solid i could throw that thing across the room it would still work i love i still play the- fucking hello cool yes 100 um and it's fucking beautiful opera and he's just fucking vibing and just like figures it out, dude. Like Sherlock fucking Holmes, man. That's that's what I was going to say is I am a sucker for a Sherlock Holmes character. Like, I don't know what it is. I just love those overly smart can take all these details, put them together. And did you ever see the one with the train uh, that had the dude like that? What do you mean? I forgot what the fuck it's called. Oh, is it that like it's a clue, but on a train? Yeah, yeah. I never watched it, but I heard it was pretty good. You would like it because it's like Knives Out. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, what's his name? I've Uh, heard good things. Yeah, you would like it. And they're making the second one. It's Death on the Nile. Oh yeah, I heard that. Same guy from the train one. I might have to check that out because yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard it's really good. Uh, 
I don't know why I can't think of it. Death on the something express. Orient Express. Orient Express. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Murder on the Orient Express. There it is. It's a remake, mm-hmm. but it was pretty good. I heard the original's really good too. It's old as shit. Yeah, but, but I haven't seen it, but I like the name. The name sounds cool shit. It does. Um, I'll have to give that a watch. I do like mer- mysteries. You know, like those are good movies. I have a nice little, I have a, not a little haul. I have a movie that I got and it's kind of one of those murder mysteries. So we'll talk about that. It's hard to go back after you've seen them unless you're trying to figure it out like earlier, but some of them, some of them are still pretty good. And I think, uh, like, uh, seven is pretty good. Like it's a murder mystery, but even rewatching it, you're like, I don't even care that I know it's still That's so because good. Even after the movie ends, you still really don't know shit about Kevin, uh, Kevin Spacey, Kevin Spacey's character. Yeah. I don't know why I kept wanting to say Kevin Costner, <laughs> but, uh, cause he's a badass actor too. Right. But, uh, yeah, man, like Kevin Spacey, like played such a chilling fucking villain in that movie. Yes. Like, it's just still just thinking about it, man. I wanted to be like you, David. So yeah, I love these characters. So that's why I love Willem Dafoe. Plus, he's a great actor. So right. he pretty much pieces the whole scene together. And I love the thing with the with the cop that he's like, "Go get me a fucking decaf latte." He's like, "This is fucking bullshit." Who is this fucking guy? And he's like, "A <laughs> little bit of lemon." <laughs> like, yeah, just, who puts lemon in their latte? Nah, that like, was ninety nine. He's just being shit. The thing that I hate about the director is he's like, "Gay people like opera, right? Gay people like lattes, right?" Some lemon, you know, he knows nothing about those cultures and he's just taking the bigotry, what he thinks those kind of people like and shoving it in a movie. I don't know, man. I always just looked at it more as like that was Willem Dafoe, like making the character more intricate. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he may, he makes it work. Right. That's what I'm saying. I can't think all of that was what's his face. Like mm-hmm. he might've said like, Hey, just make it whatever. And then Willem's like, all right, well, I know how to do this. So. Yeah. You know, maybe. Um. So, so, anyways, they figured out, and then, like I said, it shows them sleeping, and uh, the Russians come in. That's the one thing. Another thing I fucking hate is the who still has the same clothes. You're gonna go bandage up and then put on the same clothes that you had on before when you got your ass burned. Because it was making it seem like they got healed up and then went straight back to kill them. Cause I it, guess, but it just seems so. It seemed very Looney Tunish. <laughs> well, I guess the Russians they don't fuck around. Like, yeah, I guess not. They, they just put some bandages on and put their clothes on and they're like we're gonna kill these motherfuckers. So they go break into their apartment while they're sleeping. And I mean, how many pairs of assless pants do you have at your house? <laughs> you know, it's a minor nitpick. It was just kind of silly. Uh. So they chain one of the, uh, what was it? Uh, See, my Norman Reedus. My phone's fucking dead, dude. What does that mean? I can't pull up. It's bothering me that I don't know their names. All right. They chain Connor to the toilet and they take Murphy out back to kill him. And I love that shit because it shows Connor just fucking pulling. See, that's what I was saying is this is the one part. He pulls the the toilet up. It's very slow-mo. And he's fucking bleeding from the handcuffs. It's just so scene, The scene works. Like, this is where this this director, he actually shines. He actually has a little bit of talent when it comes to director. I just wish he wasn't a fucking dick. Because even though it's kind of silly and it's, like, not realistic, but it works. Like, I really feel that oh, he dude, pulled that shit out of the take, floor. I could definitely take a fucking toilet off, dude. Challenge accepted. Dude, When we're not, done with this. It's not hard, bro. <laughs> but you could do it. I mean, it is porcelain. You could just slam it against the wall and break it, but. 
Oh, I told my son because he was watching it oh, yeah? on his way to school or before he left for school, mm-hmm. you know, with me. And uh, he was like, he was like looking at it. And I was like, son, if you ever need to break off of a toilet, like just just take the top off. Yeah. Like, don't <laughs> don't break the whole fucking thing. Like, you don't have to do that. Like, just take the top off. Like, you're fine. Um, fun fact. So the director, he was in a band before this movie. They actually changed their name to the Boondocks, which is cheesy but they did the music for this movie hmm. and i hate that i don't hate it <laughs> <laughs> the, the music actually works for this movie right it, it it didn't deter me from the music for the movie so yeah he pulls the toilet up and fucking drops it on him from right. the roof which is cool shit watching a toilet come down how do they shoot that and like it not you know to be a real toilet like because it looks like it really crushes a fucking human being yeah i'm sure it was made out of Styrofoam, uh, styrofoam or, or some yeah. shit. It's movie magic. Right. The part that I didn't like is he jumps from what five, six stories. It's six stories because Willem Dafoe said that the We're lady's the having fifth. a leak on the, on the fourth, so they're going to the fifth. So the roof would be the sixth. Yeah. So um, he jumps from six stories onto the back of a guy, and he's fine. I, I didn't. Well, like he ain't him. fine. <laughs> <laughs> he's fucking out. <laughs> His brother has to fucking army carry him. That's true. Uh, but I love how uh, Murphy gets up and his first instinct after killing somebody is like, let me rob these guys. <laughs> <laughs> let me get their guns. Which, I mean, I guess, like, you're, you're not trying to leave any trace that yeah, you yeah, were yeah. there, but, like, he fucking took their wallets and money and shit, too, and jewelry. <laughs> took all their shit. Uh, um, another nitpick about this movie. But it sets up a badass scene later. It does, yeah. Another nitpick is fucking transitions. He does not know how to do transitions. He does the fade in and fade out. And it seems so amateurish and I hate it. He uses it too much. It's just a little nitpick that bothered me. Like, it's okay to just go to the next scene without fading in and fading out. I didn't like it. It was distracting. I don't even pay attention to it, honestly. It was distracting to me. Um, So it cuts to them at the hospital and, uh, or, yeah, no, then it shows, you know, all that happened. We said Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, and he goes to the hospital, and the bartender comes, and uh, I think his name's John or something. That was the one name I forgot to look at. <laughs> uh, and he tells him that Willem Dafoe gave him, showed up at the bar, gave him the card, said that, just tell him it was self-defense. He goes, that's what he said. He goes, all right. So like, they're like, hey, man, take these guns and this money and shit and hold on to it. We'll come back and get it. And they go, and um, Willem Dafoe said... Which one of you donut munching motherfuckers told the press that these two or whatever? He goes, they're going to call them heroes, superheroes or something. Mm -hmm. He goes, they're calling them angels. Yeah. And uh, they just end up limping in there. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And, of course, the one cop, he's like, you want to drag a potato through South Boston? And he's like, you have better luck with beer. (laughs) (laughs) I love that line. Oh, so they get interrogated by uh, Willem Dafoe Mm -hmm. and they speak like seven different languages, which I thought was badass too, you know, because like that is smart. Like if you're being interrogated, like speak a fucking language that they don't speak. Yeah. They're not going to know what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Did you know uh, twins come up with their own language? Really? Yeah. When they're uh, babies before they know how to speak. They find a way to communicate with each other that nobody else really knows how to. 
Yeah, it makes sense because yeah. they're together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I would feel like you have some sort of sixth sense with them because, yep. like, you do spend so much time together. Yeah, and growing before, up. before you can, like, talk to other people, you learn to talk to each other and you come up with your own little, like, language. <clears throat> I thought that was super interesting. Yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah. But, uh, so they're talking about, like, do you think we can trust this guy? And he's like, how did you boys learn how to speak? that many languages and he's like our mother thought it would be best you know because of course their mother's dead and they think their father's dead right willem dafoe is like infatuated with these guys he's like in love with them because they're so like intricate and interesting and he just thought it was like two fucking morons that yeah, yeah, yeah. like you know they killed these russians and like you know and yeah they didn't end up being these guys so. so they do chalk it up too which is Fucking like they go in for interrogation for 30 minutes and he's like, ah, it's self-defense. I don't think the legal system works that way. Well, but Will Nafoe, like he was like the FBI's like guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like if they he put his stamp of approval, like, yeah, based I on just, what I just I just personally feel it would be a little bit longer. But for movie's sake, I'll let it go. <laughs> Jesus. You're getting you're getting like cinema sins to petty. Dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm nitpicking at this point. Um. So they are like, yeah, do you want to talk to the press? And they're like, nah, that ain't our style. So they stay there until... And And this is when the magic happens, is they're laying in their cell, and water starts to baptize them and tell them that... You know what's funny? The first time I watched this when I was in high school, I didn't really pick up on this scene. I didn't really understand what was happening. Yeah, I didn't think about it either. Like, um, especially like when they're... When Murphy is being dragged outside, like you see their... crosses start swaying yeah yeah that's the uh that's the one part i kind of wish this would have been a little more clear on what it was trying to say but it's it does touch a tad bit on it in the second one mm-hmm. but uh i think the dad makes up for it at the end because yeah. he sets he pretty much lets you know like what time it is yeah 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 but um, anyway th- so they get baptized and god's telling them that they need to it's kind of a cool thing though that, like they're both sleeping and then when the water hits and they both just pop the fuck up like they just got exercised or something you know it's a cool idea i wish it would have been executed differently but you know now that i know what's happening it makes more sense so yeah that was basically god telling them they need to take out the trash so they um they get that russian's beeper brought mm-hmm. to them and they call a number do you ever have a pager um, that was just a little bit before I was old enough for that kind of stuff. I got one at the very last leg of it. Like I was but one my, of the last people to get a pager. But my dad gave me like a bunch of them when I was little to play with, you know, oh, after they weren't a thing anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So like I, based on movies I would watch as a kid, I would like have beepers and shit. Like I was the man, you know, <laughs> like, people would always be paging me. That's, that's cool. And then I could also double it as a, uh, ankle monitor. Like I'd pretend like I was, you know. On house arrest or some shit. Like, <laughs> I used to have these, these elaborate ass movies going on in my room, bro. Like mm-hmm. I was like a secret agent or a fucking mafia dude or whatever, bro. Like when I was like eight and nine. Yeah. I had my own little Bobby's world going on in there, dude. <laughs> uh, I'm surprised you haven't like sat down and wrote like a script to a movie. Dude, I could write like five. Mo- I have like five movies just floating around in my Why head. Why don't you get like a script writer and try to write them out? I need to. It would be, I would, I would love to see a Nick like mafia movie. Cause you have all this knowledge of like mafia movies. You're like an encyclopedia of like mob movies and real life. 
I feel like you can make something pretty interesting. I'd like to work on it. Yeah. And I feel like to make a gangster movie, like, yeah, you need money, but you don't need a shit ton of money. Mm. Like, I feel like you can make one off. Like, it doesn't even take a million dollars. Like, I think you can make one for like. You could. Oh, my God. If you took like the I've been obsessed with the the you remember that movie pie we did earlier. Mm. I'm obsessed with that. Like, look. And if you did that with like a mob movie, like really gritty mob movie. I don't know. I thought it would be, I think it would be interesting. Like a noir. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be decent. Mm -hmm. But you do it in modern times. Right. Yeah, it'd be cool. Yeah. But yeah, like, I feel like the only thing you really need money for is to make the gunshots look real. (laughs) For real, though. Like, to make it look like when somebody gets shot, like, it actually looks like they got shot. Not like it just, like, they get, oh, they just fall, you know, like, (laughs) oh, like an old Western. Oh, he got me. (laughs) Someone that can make it look believable. Right. And then to have, like, a budget to get at least enough actors that can believe believable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Don't just come off as assholes or cheesy. I think also like scenes, like places where you need to set up and shoot, that would be pretty pricey for good. Oh, I wouldn't even ask. I would just straight up show up at places yeah. and just shoot like I would. <laughs> yeah, fuck them. Because, dude, I'm you not, need a permit and you're like, no. I'm not going to get a permit to, to fucking shoot something in an alleyway. Like, you got me <laughs> fucked up. Like. <laughs> We barely cracked into this movie, scratched the surface of this movie. Oh, uh, God, I love it, though. But I could talk about this movie for six hours, but right. we're not, not going to do that. But So they get baptized. Right. God telling them they need to take out the trash. And then what's the scene after this? Well, because they talk Russian and shit, uh, he calls a thing and makes it seem like he's one of the guys that they killed. And <clears throat> he... Uh, it's at this hotel in the presidential suite, and it pretty much says the big man's coming, which is like the boss from Russia and they're going to have a meeting. So like they know that a bunch of big top tier Russian mafia people are going to be in this room. So now with their new mission in life, he's like, uh, when he hangs up the phone, the part he says, amen, or something like that. The part that bothers me is so some robster, some Russian mobsters come in, say they're going to buy their friend's bar and then, get into a bar fight and then those mobsters show up at their apartment to kill them but they self-defense kill those guys now that's when they think it's a good idea to become vigilantes and take out the whole russian mob that's in boston i don't know it's a little far-fetched of reasons the whole point of it though is how crazy like how lucky they were like, you know what I mean? Like how like it was like he, like Willem Dafoe even says it. he goes, this is shit happens in a bad movie. Mm-hmm. Like these dudes have to be anointed by God. Like nobody else would be able to do that shit. Like <laughs> nobody's going to walk into a room and kill 12 dudes with guns. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that's I get the it. coolness of it. Like I get it. But it just seems I don't know. Don't you fucking ruin this for me. I'm not right? trying to ruin I'm, it I'm for going, you. I'm going, I'm going to keep going. I'm yeah. going to keep going. So then we get this badass scene for where they rob these motherfuckers, right? They go to this fucking Irish show patty dude who's just sitting there in a fucking, uh, what are those called? Uh, those caps. You know what I'm talking about. What are you talking about now? Those caps, bro. Like the a derby. Sitting there in a derby, Irish <laughs> shit. And he's like, looks into the bag. He's like, have whatever you want, boys. Like, oh, right, right, point. right. And they go in this room, and it's just a bunch of fucking this is your, guns. Okay, so a couple of rolls of money, some jewels, like, get you access to all the armory you want. And fucking Boston it does. <laughs> in the underground it does. That was kind of funny. It gets you some rope. 
He's like, what are you doing? What are you going to do with the rope? And he's like, you always need fucking rope. He's like, you seen it in the movies. They always need the fucking rope. You got to have rope. And he's like, put the fucking rope back. You ain't getting the rope. And he's like, picks up this fucking gigantic like Rambo knife. Like, yeah, yeah. What are you going to need this for, Rambo? <laughs> Get, it's your, a, get your stupid fucking rope. It's a cute. It's a cute scene between yeah, the two they're characters. They're like giving it. each yeah. other shit, and they're getting all these badass guns and grenades and all kinds of shit. You yeah. know, and uh, they're crawling through the vent of this hotel, right? And they get fucking lost. Like they don't know where they're going, and, and they, they start, start arguing. And right? It's fucking great, bro. <laughs> this scene is replicated replicated in uh, Warzone. Punisher Warzone, yeah, where he comes down through the chandelier and just starts shooting people upside down. Like people give it a hard time, like oh, it's so cheesy and comic bookish. It's like, yeah, this is based off of a comic book. You realize that, right? I'm going to tell you both that uh, it was both taken from Five Thousand or Three Thousand Miles of Graceland. Ice T, baby, Ice T was the first one to swing through by his feet, shooting everybody. (laughs) The only good thing about that is they were playing Spine Shank during that scene. I was like, oh shit, Spine Shank's getting some fucking. I think you were a little tough on that movie, dog. That's such a good movie. Yeah, what's funny is uh, 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 Mick was messaging me the other day because he was watching Three Thousand. He's like, man, if this would have had a different director, it would have been so good, like so much better than it is. I was pretty harsh on it. I didn't like it at all, dude. I love Kevin Costner in that fucking movie. I have a. I have very passionate hate for Elvis Presley. So anytime anything's based off of him, I have like this uh, bias. He was just the coolest though, man. Kevin, that's probably like in my top three favorite Kevin Costner movies. Maybe sure. I'll give it a rewatch. Maybe we'll get so far into this that we'll start rewatching movies that we've already done and giving it a, <laughs> if we feel differently, you know what I mean? Right, right, like right. if I'm going to feel the same, there's no point in doing right, an episode. Right, right. But if I'm like, you know what? I rewatched it and I feel differently. Let's talk about it. Yeah. I'm down with that. But anyway, so yeah, he does. They do the upside down shooting thing, which is another like it's it's Hollywood. It's supposed to be fun. And I get these moments. It's so fucking cool, though, because they fucking just shooting the shit out of all these guys. And I have to. Yeah. And they leave the mob boss for last, which his wig. Yeah. And his fake bodysuit, his fake fat suit just looks awful. Like, I really wish they would have. <laughs> not done that to that guy because he looks terrible but this is another nitpick and uh he's like yelling out like i don't know who the fuck he thinks is coming to save him and uh they put two in the back of his head and it's iconic pose and they do the prayer and it's cool shit and they do the uh pennies over the eyes dude and they take the time like because all those people are piece of shits but they still give them a good ride over you know what i mean but the coins of course they rob them all too (laughs) so Get more guns, get more things. Yeah. And then we cut back to Willem Dafoe. Does the same. Um, So this is going to be later in the movie that I talk about this. I'm just going to bring it up right now. So they fall through the ceiling and they shoot all these people perfectly. Mm. Right. Just throwing that out there. They're a good shot. I'm going to talk about it later. But anyway, so Willem Dafoe goes and inspects this. uh, Oh, yeah. The best thing is after they kill everybody in the fucking penthouse, they're like, what are you going to need your fucking rope for? (laughs) How did we do that? Like, because even they're shocked, you know, like that's when they start believing like, well, fuck, maybe God did tell us to do this shit. Yeah, that's the part I like about like 
this guy could have been a really great director if he wasn't such a dick. Like, this is not like the worst movie I've ever seen because he talks about the rope and he talks about the Rambo knife and then they play into the next scene, like the rope, and then he needs this Rambo knife to cut them down. So, you like, know what? I'm so glad that we didn't move on because I have to do this bit too. Mm-hmm. I love this fucking part. But he's like, we are good. Yes, we are. We are fucking good. <laughs> and then they hear fucking Rocco knock on the door. Oh, right, right, right. Up I forgot about that. Bellboy. Yeah. And this is shitty because the mob knew that there was a room full of motherfuckers. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, there were nine people and he had like six bullets. Yeah. Yeah. And even if that was pretty much what it was saying, even if you were the best shot in the world, you still got three more. All right. So they they put their mask back on and uh, they fucking yank him in and they're fucking with him. And they put guns in his face <laughs> and they're like, there's not. And uh, Murphy whispers into Connor. He's like, there's only six. Fuck, he's only got a fucking six shooter. Mm-hmm. And he goes, there was nine people, genius. What were you going to do? Laugh the other three to death. <laughs> Funny, man. Because <laughs> that's his fucking thing. Man. Right, right. By the way, I don't want to skip over this scene, too. I think it's before all that shit we talked about with the cops, but I have to just put it. It's after Rocco gets introduced. Okay. <laughs> Amazing fucking cameo, man. And this guy is actually a really good actor. I couldn't believe it. Ron Jeremy playing a mafia. Why does Big boss. Dick show up in this fucking movie? He's Bro, <laughs> he kills it, dude. With the fucking doo-wop, comb back, and everything, bro. I fuck with it, dude. Apparently, Rod Jeremy didn't, like, get any guidance on, like, his uh his outfit or whatever. Right. The director was just like, yeah, go for it. <laughs> so that's why he looks the way he does. Because it's Rod Jeremy, bro. It doesn't matter what the uh, fuck you put him in, bro. I forgot he was in this. Because I, I guess when I in high school, you don't really know it's who Rod fantastic. Jeremy is. Fantastic. It was very much like a, oh, okay, I guess Ron Jeremy's in this fucking movie. Dude, he's awesome. He's just enough Ron Jeremy in this yeah. movie. And he's the underboss. So, he, of course, uh, Rocco is a fucking associate, like a runner. He's a do-boy, pretty much, trying to get made. And, right. Uh, Ron Jeremy just likes to fuck with him because he, he can, and he can't even hit him because he's made, and he's not. So... But everybody knows that Ron Jeremy's kind of a piece of shit. So he's like, oh, I heard the ladies over at so and so love it when you broke into show tunes. And he like goes to slap the fuck out of him. And then this is when the boss gets like a great little spiel. He, he's been sitting there on the phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this whole time, like showing no life at all, you know. And then next thing, you insignificant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll fucking kill you. It's another actor that kills his role. Like, I love uh, him. Then he slams the phone down and he's like, I shouldn't have to tell these motherfuckers I'm going to kill them. Takes all the fun out of the job. <laughs> so he opens up a sandwich and he's like, Papa Joe, you want me to you want me to go? And he's like, I'm having a shitty day. Tell me a joke. Mm-hmm. And then I'm not going to say the joke because it's quite racist, but um, that's what I'm talking about. Like he puts so much like bigoty well, shit and I understand it's from Boston. So you have that. Not but- only that, dude, but ma- mafia dudes were are very racist bro they don't yeah. like they don't like the, any ethnicity other yeah. than white people honestly. i guess you're right um and it really nails it home because when he's like he corrects him mm-hmm. when he's telling the joke he doesn't like the way he's telling the joke he's like yeah, yeah, tell yeah. it this way right and you think he's like not gonna like you think he's gonna have him beat the shit out of him or something because the way his face looks and he's like starts dying laughing out of a coke <laughs> 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 and then he just goes deadpan again and he's like, tell me another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's just a great little, you know, little little bit. I understand the, because it's supposed to show that Rocco is like an actual good person, like so good that he won't even say this word that, right. you know, 
Well, I mean, it's not that he's like a fucking angel, but he's not a, he's not like these guys. Yeah. He's not ruthless and a piece of shit, but right. um, yet, but it it does good though, because like it helps <laughs> them further on in the movie. You know? Right. Also, well, that's another thing that I have about this movie. So after they kill the room full of mob bosses or whatever, and uh, they get with Rocco, that's when Rocco is like, oh my God, they set, they set me up. So he goes to the diner. And kills the people that set him up. But then I, but he gets so bloodthirsty. He even shoots the, the guy behind the counter. Well, he was a bad guy too. Yeah, but. He's a mob guy too. So the whole thing I have is, uh, they get this message from God that they need to start killing the bad people. And then Rocco. Well, they, they go off on him for it. They said, that's not how we do it. That's not how it works. And he's like, I want to join up. Like, I want to be one of like you guys. Right. But he. He's a crazy, bloodthirsty psychopath, and they start to follow him for some reason. Like, just because he says they're a bad person, they're like, okay, and I understand they're best friends, and they trust him and everything, but well, I don't I know. I just was, feel... I think that was the whole thing, is they were trying to let him in on the cause, but he wasn't sent from God. So yeah, like, he's not stable. Right, and like, <laughs> you see the more they go into it, that he starts losing his shit. Right. Um I don't know, man. I think Rocco's what gives the movie its drive. No, no, no. Power, I like know? I like Rocco's character. I like that. I like the actor. He does a really good job with the character. Like even though he's not an, an actor, he 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 does a good job with it. So I don't mind him so much. I I more so have a problem with them. They were sent from God, yet they're going to listen to this random. Well, they guy. were getting information because they needed to know where to go next. Yeah, and and he's on the inside. Exactly, and right. he, they had just killed. They just took the head off the Russian mob. So where do you mm-hmm. go next? Well, yeah. the Italian mob. And apparently, you kill cats. That's that's a I part in the movie it. that I was like, eh. it was funny though. It was, but you it's been. The, tell me the fucking cat's name. <laughs> <laughs> tell me the fucking cat's name. It just felt like you know. Remember from a uh, Pulp Fiction when they accidentally yeah. shoot the guy? That's it. Just felt very derogatory of that. Not derogatory. So you're derivative. Saying it, you're saying it's worse that they shot a cat than a human being. I'm just saying it's it's been done. Like I, I don't shot know. Marvin in the face. Why the <laughs> fuck did you do that? I didn't mean to. <laughs> I like the cat bit though, because the, the the you shut your fucking mouth, Nori. <laughs> I guess, but it just doesn't add to the story. It's just kind of there to be like, I shot the cat. I, I can't make it a block without running into five guys that you fucking blew. <laughs> Uh, so yeah then they go to this uh strip club where apparently right because uh Rocco's like hey I know where a bunch of fucking piece of shits hang out at right and they go there just to kill Ron Jeremy and a couple other people but like Mm -hmm. it turns out like every fucking one is like a bunch of like they're all shit it's either it's either mob people or drug dealers or pimp whatever you know he's like fuck we should come here every every thursday you ever been to one of those i don't think we have those here i don't not that i'm not that i know of yeah but uh yeah it's like you pay the money and you know chick comes up for a second well they scare all the chicks out of there Mm -hmm. and there's just a bunch of dudes sitting there with their dicks out waiting on these fucking chicks and instead of the women they get bullets. They get Rocco and, and the boys. You know, <laughs> yeah. I love when he takes the guns and he's like, "Yippee Kai!" Fucking <laughs> pulls off the fucking diehard. Right. 
It's and, fine. Uh, it works. And it throws, you know, and it's another thing. Like, that's also why that uh, Rocco was good because he throws the feds off. Like, Willem Dafoe's like, it doesn't make sense. He's like, oh, thank these you. These guys were hit with precision. He goes, this is sloppy as shit. Like, thank you for bringing this up because it's one gripe that I have with this movie. So, Willem Dafoe is supposed to be this great detective, right? So, the very beginning of this movie, he brings these two brothers in that killed mob bosses. And he's like, okay, it was self-defense. No, 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 they didn't kill the mob bosses yet. They just killed the peons. Well, the mob... Soldiers. Soldiers. Right. He, they killed Russian mobsters. And Wilm Dafoe brings them in. He's like, hey, like, what happened here? Oh, it was self-defense. Let's him go. But then more Russian mobsters start coming up dead. They He doesn't think to go back to these brothers like, hey, like, I don't know if this was you, but it was you the first time. Like, he's supposed to be this great detective, but he doesn't think to bring these brothers back in to question them about the future. But, I don't know, it was just another Maybe part that I was like... The, eh. Because of the difficulty? Difficulty of what? Because, they I mean, who could have took out a room full of fucking dudes with guns? I guess, but... Without taking any hits or anything. So he's just not gonna interview them just because he doesn't think they could? I don't know, dude. I'm just saying he's supposed to be this great detective, but he doesn't go. He does back figure to it out though. eventually, but it's only a couple more killings. And he figures it out. <laughs> I'm just saying, as a detective, if and I, you also have Rocco that killed those three people in the diner right, around right. the same time, so mm-hmm. it just looks like a bunch of random fucking murders happening. Like, yeah, you don't. You just know that there's people out there killing criminals. Yeah, yeah, they're doing the cops' job for him. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, dude. <laughs> That's the problem is I just don't feel like Willem Dafoe, they're painting him as like a great detective, but he does like sloppy work. So moving forward, well, mm-hmm. you have to also take into account that Willem Dafoe is fucking crazy. In is this he? Movie. I think so. Mm-hmm. Like he's struggling with his own sexuality, you know, like. He takes I don't think his- he's struggling with a sexuality. I think he's struggling with his. Are these guys doing a good thing or a bad thing? Well, that too. And he's taking yeah. his job because he takes his job very serious, but he also agrees with what they're doing. Right. You know what I mean? And the only reason I say he's struggling with sexuality because obviously he's a gay man, but then after he has sex with that guy, the dude's like trying to like be affectionate and he's like, get off of me, you fag. And then like gets up and like, right. clearly he's, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know if he hates himself for being gay or, or what that's about. but I think it was a straight man not knowing how to write a gay character. That's all I chalked it up to be. But it was a... I remember. Willem Dafoe still pulls it off. Like <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm saying. like I don't know if that's Willem Dafoe putting that into the character mm-hmm. or what. But like it's... And then he does the dress and drag too, which... <laughs> That's what throws me off too. Like he makes, clearly he's losing his fucking mind. He makes such an ugly woman. Like and dude, like that was my whole thing. And <laughs> all the shit that happens in this movie, the only thing to this day that still feels unbelievable is the fact that that guy was like, "Oh, Frankie's always sending good ass over here." Like, bro, that's the fucking good ass, <laughs> right? I'd hate to see what you think is bad looking ass, bro. right? Yeah, <laughs> that's the most unbelievable fucking thing in this Agree, movie. Yeah, but um. Getting ahead, but uh, anyway, so they kill all of them or whatever, and this is a really great scene. Uh, they're like, Rocco, we need to know where to go next. Like, yeah. we gotta keep, take this shit all the way. Mm-hmm. I need to pause. Uh, I need to go to a bathroom break because right. I have to pee. I've drank a lot of liquids in the short amount of time, so we'll be right back. Okay, we're back. Okay. So, uh, Rocco 
explains to them that he knows this mafia bay guy, like a hitman that's a fucking demon. And then like, he had to drive for him one night, and it pretty much shows this guy go into a house and kill everybody in it. Like, oh kids. right, right, right. The uh... literally takes a box cutter, chops up the fucking carpet on the floor, wraps these people up in the fucking carpet. You know who he that character looked like? Remember falling down? Yeah, he looked like the same fucking character. But with a goatee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, I also got a vibe of Marv from uh, Sin City. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, but just kind of like a shittier version, you right? Know, yeah. Um, but yeah, he wraps these fucking poor people up in fucking carpet, and then takes them to a fucking dump, open top dumpster, and then sets the whole thing on fire, and then ca- calls over the phone like this creepy ass robot voice, like just chilling. He's like, "This house has been cleansed." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Fuck!" And it just shows Rocco watching these poor people burn a lot, or not alive, but just. <laughs> burn yeah yeah he's yeah. like it was the worst night of my fucking life right um so yeah he takes him to this uh poker game where he's supposed to be at which by far my favorite <clears throat> excuse me my favorite scene of this whole movie mm-hmm. is when willem dafoe kind of does like the reenactment of what he thinks happened in this i thought it was a really good scene well see i feel like he would have figured it out a lot fucking quicker had it just been them killing the mobsters because mm-hmm. I felt like he would have been like, all right, well, this one, other than this death, all this fits with the others. Right. But the fact that their dad shows up when they're walking out <laughs> fucks all of it up. Right. Like, that's what you know. I, I, I got to say, this is one of the most badass fucking ways to introduce a long lost fucking character type deal in a movie just because like it was so cool which I thought they did this fucking dirt this 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 old man dirty bro and this would never happen in a real mob dude the boss like obviously his underboss just got murdered a couple other dudes just got killed and like now he can't find they just think it's Rocco doing this shit Mm -hmm. he doesn't think that it's you know so he goes to see his dad's old consigliere which by the way like that's that level of someone in a, in a mafia family is there's the boss, the underboss they're at the top, right? Yeah. The consigliere is in between them. Okay. He's not more important than the underboss, but he's an advisor to the boss. Like it's usually somebody that's been their best friend since childhood. They're not really uh they're not in the family. Like they don't really fight or nothing like that. They're just there as an advisor. Okay. They're usually really wise people. Anyways. You don't treat them like this guy's this poor guy is fucking handing out paper towels and mints in a fucking bathroom. Like, I don't know why they felt the need to add that in there because mm-hmm. um, that man would never be doing that. Right. He'd be chilling somewhere. Like It just shows to somebody that doesn't really know right. how it works. Um, So this dude goes to this fucking bathroom and sits a hundred dollar bill in there. Like, what a fucking asshole. And he's like, yeah, uh, you counseled my dad. I need your help. Like this guy knows our insides. He knows how we work. He's already killed a shit ton of people. Like I need somebody to get this fucking guy out of here. Right. And uh, he's like, "There's only one time in 30 years your father ever will use this guy." Or he goes, "The only person that we knew that could ever get somebody killed, no matter how hard it was." He's like, "The only rules: no women, no children." Mm-hmm. He goes, "The problem is," he goes, "He liked his job too fucking much." He goes, "And he wouldn't stop killing people." He goes, <laughs> He goes, we ended up having to get him locked up in fucking Rikers, rotting away. And I like that part because he's like, well, we have ways of working around that. And they get this fucking guy paroled. 
They got this man chained barefoot in a fucking bird cage out in the out out on the fucking buoy, dude. All right. And uh, they're like, "Why do you think you deserve to be paroled?" And he spouts off some fucking nonsense and like, my hands. <laughs> <clears throat> Super eerie. Don't know, like, you know, who this guy is. <clears> okay, <throat> yeah, he's like the Hannibal Lecter of the mob boss, so, or the mobsters. So, uh, they get him out and they send him on the hunt for the boys and Rocco. Mm-hmm. So, we have the, the scene that you love so much. They uh, pull up to this mob dude's house, the hitman. He has a card game there every Sunday mm-hmm. or whatever. And uh, they end up tasing the maid to get the code to get back there. And when they go in, they kill everybody, or so they think they do. And Rocco's like, he's not fucking here. And they're like, what do you mean he's not fucking here? He's not fucking here. And I love when they're killing all of them because it shows him just taking a shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, he ain't even flinching. There's bullets fucking going over his head. Yeah. And he's just cleaning his fucking glasses off. Pulls his fucking pants up. Doesn't wipe either, bro. Such a gangster. Doesn't even wipe his ass. Yeah. Because he's like, I may die, but fuck it, dude. I'm, I'm going to do it with a dirty ass. I understand. If I had a dick as big as him, then I'd probably be the same way. You saw his dick? Yeah, there's some side dick in there. He's a huge fucking dick. I don't know why I paid attention to that, but he's pulling his pants up, and I'm like, damn, he has a big dick. <laughs> oh, my God. That's hilarious. Oh. <laughs> Next time you watch it, you won't be able to unsee it. He rips off the fucking towel rack, right? And uh, you know the twi- you know the twins are like Rocco, this is yours, you know. And they start fighting, and Rocco can't fight for shit, right? You know, this dude fucking killed probably tons of people, so he's working Rocco's ass. Well, you know, boys help him out. They toss him a fucking cue ball. Mm-hmm. They he beats this fucking dude into a pile of n- nothing, like a brain matter, pretty much, and skull fragment. And uh, then we get the Willem Dafoe yeah. you know, counter. You know, he breaks it down. And he's like, oh, they're in this right there. He's like, these are our guys. Like, yeah. They've obviously got somebody else. Yeah, this is a, it's a really cool scene. I like the director. Like, like I said, kudos to like, he has some talent. There is some talent there. Like he has some good ideas because I've never seen this done since then or before this. So it was a really cool scene where Willem Dafoe like kind of reenacts the shooting so oh and i love it because it shows he goes he goes and then when they walked outside something went wrong and this is funny because it's my favorite scene next to the most hated scene (laughs) so you get to see billy Connolly out there and his fucking leon the professional get up right my dude's got guns after guns after guns and he's just (laughs) shooting it out with his own sons okay so this is where I was talking about earlier when they were hanging from the ceiling, they shoot all these guys like precision. Well, you so, and I have a theory for this too. Okay. So you go ahead. Uh, no, I was just going to say there are apparently really good shots and Connolly is like one of the top tier assassins mm-hmm. yet. They can't seem to shoot each other and they're just standing still. And here's my theory. Okay. Here's my theory. They both got shot, right? And Billy Connolly shot them. Yeah. Rocco gets shot too and loses a finger. Right. And that's what Willem Dafoe finds to yes. get, to lead them to them. Okay. The reason why they can't hit their dad is because he's been sent by God. 
so you can't kill another saint. And the same thing, like, he could shoot them, but, like, he probably couldn't kill them because he didn't know why. Because, like you said, he's one of the top-tier assassins, right? Yeah. Like, Should have been able to dome these guys, no problem. Maybe exactly. he had to jump on them. He didn't need six guns, he just needed two. But I think that's how the dad, because that's how the dad knew that it was them. Because so he couldn't like kill them. like, divine intervention. And, yeah, it was like them, it was like the bullets waved on him. Some Pulp Fiction shit. Like okay. when Jules and them okay. get shot at like that. Okay. I can... Because it's all based in religion and God, divine intervention. Okay. I'll let you have it. But this is one part that always kind of like bothered me and I never understood why, but I'll take it. That's the only thing I can figure because, I mean, I think Billy takes one in the arm too. I, I believe so. I think so. One of the and guys takes him in the leg. He finally runs out of guns and shit. Yeah. And the, but I think that's what it is. I think that they both like were like, what the fuck? Why can't we hit shit? Yeah. Okay. That's actually, I actually like that theory. That's a cool theory. I like that. So I'll let it, I'll let it slide. And then you get the great scene where they're having to fucking burn themselves. Oh my God. So fucking stupid. Do it with the iron, which I mean, that is archaic as fuck, but I mean, people do it. Like if you can't go to the hospital, that's one way to carterize something. I guess, but I don't think they teach you to use a fucking <laughs> ironing. They were working with what they had. You yeah, know I guess. I mean? uh, do Rocco's with that finger boy. Ooh, <laughs> that was rough. Like old boy took it in the arm. The other one took it in the leg. That's not too bad. You can live with that. But like. Getting on that nub, son. Ooh. Yeah, you know that shit didn't feel good. Ooh. But that's the one thing is and they sell it really well. So they know they have blood all over the the balcony or not balcony, but the entrance. Yeah, to, uh, fun fact: that's not a thing. What you can still get DNA off of it, even if you. Yeah, but bleach. apparently it's harder to do. Or pepper spray them. Yeah, like you can you, know, you can get is. down to it, but it's like harder to work with. Like you have to do more. If it's cleaned with bleach and ammonia, it is much much harder. You have to get in there with like real fucking right. You know what I mean? But uh, it's still possible. Yes, only because people have tried to get away with murder and they fucking cleaned everything, <laughs> thinking that they're like, oh, I got all the DNA, but you didn't. Because, yeah. you know, there's always specs mm -hmm. and they'll get in there with fucking black lights and fucking all the shit that you don't have at your house. Right. They'll check. find stuff that you didn't they'll know They'll find microcosm. Dude, I'm telling you, the way DNA is, man, they'd had that shit back in the 70s, 60s, 80s, stuff like that, bro. So many people. Would be Billions caught. of people would be alive still. That right. Got well, murdered. that's why a lot of the people back in the day are getting off on charges because of DNA. Yeah, because just racist fucking <laughs> judges and shit were like, you know what I mean? Yeah, he like, did oh, it. Of he course, fucking he was black on a Tuesday. He's guilty or whatever, you know. I love that part in uh, Super Bad. He's like, there was no cum. If there was cum somewhere, we could actually we like. Just thought there was a database <laughs> that just had like. Now, if he'd have walked in and ejaculated on you, we'd have a real chance of catching yeah. this guy. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so they. Uh, but the know. part that I was gonna say is they do they um they clean up all this blood. Yet Rocco's like I'm missing a finger. Yet they don't try to look for the finger. Yeah, well, I, I mean, don't know. They also were trying to get the fuck away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it, but I don't know. Um, adrenaline. You know, he may not. He yeah, may, they're he not thinking have, straight. No, he got hit, but he maybe he didn't know he lost the whole fucking thing right. at the time. I don't know, man. Yeah, I didn't. I just thought that was kind of funny. Right. Uh. So. Um. They get the last, the last little gist is uh, now the mob is all held up at, at this fucking mansion out in the middle of nowhere, upstate Massachusetts or whatever, and they're gonna um, go up there and finish them off, you know. Mm -hmm. But they set them up, they set a trap, right? 
and they get them all down there and they tie them up and they're beating the shit out of them and you know and uh, they're like what do we do and it's like I know what to do and the mob boss just goes in there very casually pretty cool scene too just fucking domes Rocco domes him this is the part where uh, Norman Reedus that his acting was not believable because I didn't like his acting was pretty awful in this scene to me I don't know I, I thought it was pretty they both fucking look pretty upset like the other that. guy was pretty good Sean Patrick Flannery yeah he was pretty good but um, Reedus I didn't care for his acting in this one um, but nitpick we're gonna fucking kill you yeah. like yeah I thought it was good but uh, they go out and uh, so the mom boss is like, all right, you stay here. Y'all kill them and wait for this fucking guy. He's like, this guy's out in the bushes. He don't know. No. Uh, what are we going to do? And he's like, y'all are going to fucking deal with this shit. I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Billy Conley and Willem Dafoe both show up and they're killing people at the same time. And eventually they uh, they break loose and, you know, they're praying with Rocco and, like, you know, telling God to take care of their friend. And it's a really beautiful scene because Billy Conley comes in and starts finishing the prayer for him. Mm. Right? And that's, like, how he knows that they're his boys. Right. And, like, it's like he wasn't there to kill them. He was there to save them. And uh, they work it out with Willem Dafoe. You know, that they're not going to, you know. Well, I think Willem Dafoe has a mental breakdown somewhere in there because he's like, too far. We've gone too far. Yeah. But then he just puts the wig back on and just keeps going. (laughs) In the second one, it leads it on that he is working for the Catholic Church. Um, Apparently, there's a third one, like, actually coming. If they actually took the time to do a good job. And like tried to make something different mm. for the third one. Cause I swear to God, the second one is just a knockoff, shittier version of this one. Right. It literally, like, even down to the fucking. Actually, I ain't gonna lie. The only thing I liked better about the ending of the second one is there actually is a dope ass mafia shootout, like at the end of the second one. But yeah. like, other than that, it's absolutely nothing worth watching. <laughs> um, you're such a sucker for like good shootouts or good action scenes. Oh, dude, it's it's the best, bro. Like I was thinking about uh the third Godfather. Yeah. And the helicopter inside the fucking I'm like, this is the only reason to collect this movie is bro, this one scene right here. That <laughs> it when they kill Zaza, man. I love that shit, bro. And I love all the kills at the end, man, where he throws old boy off the fucking bridge. I was entertaining the idea of doing the first two Godfathers on the podcast See, maybe I'm, one I'm day I'm just not a huge fan of the second one bro really I'm not like I get it it's good it's so well made and all that but it's just not enough action to keep it going for me right but the way they did like a prequel sequel at the same time is right. kind of like revolutionary I was gonna say time. the best parts are watching Vito as a young guy watching De Niro but you're also watching Al Pacino's right. rise well, Al Pacino is very cold and very calculated and mm-hmm. he's great but I just you want to see him follow through on the threats yeah. and you don't really see it. Like you see it get handled, but you don't see it get handled. I mean, he took care of his brother. You don't, he didn't. Mm, Al yeah. Nitty did. Like, <clears throat> oh, Al Neary did. I mean, my bad, not Nitty. Al Neary did, which is cold as shit, boy. No. You let him finish the prayer though. <laughs> I don't know. I just think there would be a fun talk because we talk about no, gangster yeah, movies sure. all the and time. Dude, the first one is my favorite by far. So I could talk 
endlessly about the first Godfather. I've only seen it a couple of times, so it'd be cool to like do like a deep dive on it. it you want to talk about a m- three hours that runs by? That's when I watch Godfather. Yeah. That and Scarface. That's the quickest three hours <laughs> ever. Like I love it. I could yeah. do it all day. Maybe we'll do it one day. Yeah, for sure. Um. So yeah, uh, they get away with their dad, and they're like, "What are we gonna do?" Like he's like, "Oh boys," he's like, "You got to be willing to commit now." Mm-hmm. He goes, "We're not stopping. We're taking this." As far as we can. And it's got, it's really cool showing their water poster and the dad and them and, you know, everything. And now they're like on the run together. And that's where it goes off in the second one. This is them all three together. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so and then it's kind of cool because it does, it ends the movie with like asking people like on the street, like what they thought of the boondock saints. Mm, I thought it was kind of cheesy. And, this one guy's like really like man sign me the fuck up yeah. like i'm ready to get down like you know and it, it does bring back the age-old question like do you agree with somebody that says fuck the judicial system i know these people are bad they're not gonna ever try to be good put a fucking bullet in their head and just end it mm-hmm. like some people don't believe that why <laughs> like if this dude's murdered like 12 kids like why should this guy get to sit around and eat three meals a day in his own cell right but what years? if he was just a soldier that never really killed anybody he was just part of the mobsters yet he gets killed does he deserve to be killed too he might change his ways later on in life when you're in that life you know what you're signing up for bro mm-hmm. you know there's nobody that can say that they first of all if you're ever made yeah. into a mafia family, you've killed at least one person. Right. Nobody just gets in because you're great at making money or your father was this guy or that guy. Like you have to do your own dirty work. Right. And you feel if you've killed at least one person, you deserve to, I don't one innocent person. I'm not, uh, see, that's the thing. <clears throat> that's not necessarily innocent person. They killed. Yeah. That's so going to be somebody. I mean, maybe it was, maybe it was just somebody that had to go because they saw something they shouldn't have. Or yeah. Whatever. Then that's that's another story. You know, they you know, if you kill somebody that's doing the same dirt as you, like two gang members that kill each other, they both signed up for that shit. They know it could go there. Right. You know, so I don't think that like you should feel bad for somebody like it's basically do you believe in the death penalty or not kind of thing. And I mean, I feel like somebody that's like these guys that has done all that, like I'm not saying they all deserve to get killed brutally, but they've killed people brutally. Right. Man, that's yeah. Live by the sword, die by the sword. That's how <laughs> it goes. Honestly, though. Right. Um, and I think that's why I like movies like uh, The Punisher and I like more hardcore heroes like Wolverine. Vigilantes, yeah. yeah. Because I, I think that that's, I mean, people. some people you can't rehabilitate. Some people don't even want to atone for the bad they've mm-hmm. done. They want to watch the world burn. You know what I mean? And that's why I said, like, that's why the Joker is such a great villain. But at the same time, that's why him and Batman are the perfect yin and yang, because you have somebody that's dead set on not not putting somebody not not taking a life. And then you have somebody that gives no fucking regard for human life. Right. So it's that it's that age old balance, like good and evil, like, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think that that's why I like movies like this so much. Yeah. Um, On paper. I still like this movie. I like the idea of it. Execution. I think the script is very, could use some cleaning up. Like there's some things that I really did not like about this movie. If you did it in the hands of someone that was more professional, that knew what they were doing, I think it would be a great movie. But rewatching it, I did not like this as much as I even bought it. Cause 
what's funny is like i told the wife i'm like oh yeah so nick wants to do boondock saints on the next one she's like you should buy it i remember liking that movie and i'm like me too i remember liking it i want to own it but i don't know it just didn't do it for me this time around but i I hate that i hate that for you it, I understand. I still love it. Right. And, and I understand uh, why some people like it. If you, if this is a cult favorite of yours, by all means, it's while, just me personally. And while it does, it is disheartening to hear that the dude that made it is a douchebag. Yeah. I ain't going to lie. But I mean, we'd all be very naive to think that all the people that we admire and look up to in these movies are good people. Like some of them are. Yeah. You can separate pieces the, of shits, you know, like in real life. There are times where I need to separate the art from the artist. Mm but there are some times where I can't Yeah, like it just, it's hard for me. But, and, going, but even knowing that now, like I will still go and enjoy this. And there's nothing, and there's nothing wrong with um, that. And that's why I'm giving it a nine, a nine. I'm giving it a nine, baby. <laughs> Cheesy and all bro. The nostalgia alone, dude. Yeah. I just, I may not have been in high school. I might've been like eighth grade. I just remember me and J puff were watching this movie. Who the fuck is J puff? But yeah. anyway, it's my buddy, Jamie. That's, <laughs> oh. that's, that's his nickname. Cause when I first met, cause when I first met him, he was a, he was a little fat fuck. What's he? Yeah, and I called him J Puff, like the Jiffy Puff, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, you know what's funny? You talk about him all the time. I know he's this like artist who loves like bluegrass and stuff like that. Yeah. I picture this like skinny white kid with like dreads and just like looks like he hasn't bathed in like a year. It's but. funny uh, you say that. He never had dreads, but when we used to go to concerts, I would have my girlfriend braid his hair because he always had long hair. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. You and, always do when you're that kind of. And he would never do nothing. And I always had braids or dreads or whatever. And I'm like, bro, you gotta, you gotta braid up with me, bro. Come to the, you know, we go to the you know, concert or whatever. And, uh, he'd always look badass, man. I'd be like, you're like a fucking predator dog. Like <laughs> not a predator, the predator. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> Sorry. yeah. Should probably specify. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, man. Uh, but he, he brought this movie over and he was like, man, my friend, let me borrow this, man. He's like, this movie's badass. Let's watch it. And I'm like, all right, cool, cool. And we watched it on my PlayStation 2 in my room off of Sylvester, man. And I fucking fell in love with it. I went out and bought the poster and Um, T-shirt, all that shit. I had something in my notes that I forgot to talk about. Um, You know the detective, Willem Dafoe? Mm -hmm. You know what his name is in the movie? Smecker. Paul Smecker. Paul Smecker. Yeah. You know if you switch that around, it's small pecker. Oh, God. I didn't know that. I just like noticed it this that's time funny. around. That's funny. I was like, that's small pecker. I don't know why he threw that in there, but I thought it was a fun little, <laughs> that's like funny. whatever. Um, me, how do I feel about this movie? You yeah, <sighs> clearly didn't enjoy it before, before we, before I rewatched it. If you would have asked me like, do you think it's a good movie? Yeah, I would recommend it. Like, check it out. It's worth a watch. You fucked up when you watched the documentary though. No, I watched the documentary because I needed to know more about this movie because I'm like, I did not like it rewatching it before the documentary. Oh, really? I felt bad because I felt like I didn't want to shit over someone's project. You know what I mean? This is his first movie and not everyone's first movie is great. Like I said, there are things in this movie that I like. Oh, dude, this movie was a fucking home run, bro. Like it was just a little before its time. I, I like. it could have been cleaned up a little more well, for sure for sure but i think that's what some of it makes it great is the fact that it is kind of it's flawed 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know but what I mean? that's what I'm saying is I didn't want to talk bad on someone's first film. Fuck that, bro. Nobody but pays then I, but, to not talk shit about their movies. But then I watched the documentary and realized how huge of a dick this guy was. And I'm right. like, oh, I don't care that, you know, this movie sucks. I'm going to talk shit about it because I don't like you as a person. I don't ever feel bad about it, dude. Because, like, I always, like, if there are good things about it, it's like you said. Like, if there's good things that I thought about a movie, even if yeah. I fucking hated it, I always say it. I always say, oh, it wasn't for me or whatever, but it looked beautiful or it was well made or I like this about mm-hmm. it. I always try to find the little bit of good about it. That's but, why I, That's why throughout the review, yeah, I tried to sprinkle in the things that you I actually did. do like about yeah, it because there are elements. It. But uh, I also, like, even through all of it, like, do you feel like you hated it that much that you wanted to go? Because you said you weren't going to hold back. So yeah. I'm just making sure you felt like you got your disdain for it out. <laughs> Let me put it this way. Like. Do I recommend this movie? I don't know. You need to watch it and decide for yourself because there's a handful of people that love this movie that hold it as like cult. Well, you know what I'm saying? That regard it as like a cult classic that they still love. And then there are people that remember loving it, rewatching it and being like, why did I like that movie? So it's really up to you. Like, do I recommend it? I can't say. It's up to you as a person to watch it and just and I will to decide for yourself if you like it or not. I will say this. This is a movie that I don't feel like has aged very well. No, no, it didn't. And, and it's because of all the bigotry. Like, if bro, he wasn't so, like, heavy-handed with the bigotry and... Well, see, that people, like, even back then, like, people didn't, like, I don't know. When people used to watch movies, like, even though shit like that was said, it was understood that it's a movie. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. exaggerated. It's it is a product of its time. the yeah. worst of that that's why we don't do that now Mm -hmm. you know i feel like that's why movies are like that because they're like examples of like this is how you don't act in society or this is how you should act in society Mm -hmm. and but sometimes like you said over the years and the way people are now people are much more sensitive and they don't like hearing certain things or phrases or words and i get that and but and i also feel like but they go in there kids now like, it's me at 15 watching this movie. A 15-year-old now will not enjoy this movie as right. much. Because they weren't raised on the movies that we were raised on. The no, shit that I get we that, saw yeah. at a young age would fucking put some kids in therapy. <laughs> For real, though. No, like, I agree. We were 10, 11 years old watching Predator and fucking Commando and, you know, uh, Silence of the Lambs and shit like that. Like, you know, movies like that now would fucking make a kid cry. Yeah. Like, I could never let my son watch that at 10. Like, he would fucking shit. No, I see what you're saying. Like, it's because it was so commonplace back then that it didn't feel out of place. But if you took one of those movies, released right. it now, it would feel and so out of saying. place. But, like I said, if you grew up around and you watched movies like this growing up, like, you'll still love it. Yeah. But if you're looking at it through the eyes of, what are they called now? Like, Jen. Z or whatever like if you're looking at it through those eyes I could see you not liking this movie right it's definitely a product of like our you're time wrong, if but I you understand. <laughs> is you probably watched this growing up and you probably still like it or you have fond mo- memories of this movie but like you said like a 15 year old that's listening to our podcast like should you go out and watch boondock saints you probably won't like it you might. but you might that's yeah. why I'm saying this is one of those you need to decide for yourself yeah. if you like this or not, because it's not for me anymore, but you still love it. You even watched it this morning and still love it. So, But middle-aged par loves this movie, yeah. and uh, if you like the movies par likes, you're going to love this one. <laughs> and uh, Yeah. But uh, are we doing Donnie Darko next? Ah! Because uh, you fucking text me, and I was like, he asked about Donnie Darko, so I guess I'm doing that. Right. Um. 
So, as I was watching Boondock Saints, I was like, I don't know what to give Nick next. Uh, like, should I go for like a, a a crime drama, a vigilante movie that I do like? But then it dawned on me, this movie came out in high school, and this was the talk of the town mm-hmm. when I was in high school. So I was like, there's a movie I bought recently that was the same stature as that movie in high school. And yes, it was Donnie Darko. Everyone in my circle fucking loves Donnie Darko. And I recently bought the Arrow release that they did of it because I remember loving this movie. That's but the one you're letting me borrow. No, you're not getting this one. I just gave, <laughs> I you, gave you a fucking copy. I That's gave yours. you a copy. <laughs> I was just fucking with you. I so, uh, what say. so, yeah. I decided let's do another movie from our high school days because I'm sure you've seen this in high school, right? That's what I'm saying. I've seen it, but it's been so long ago. Like, Same. It's worth a watch. I haven't really watched this since like high school days, and I remember loving it. I remember not liking it, so that's, you know. But it's this new par, so yeah. like, going to watch it with new eyes. I, we'll um, so yeah, I'm, You know, I, I love Jake Gyllenhaal, though, so I'm going to watch. Right. So I figured we could talk about Donnie Darko. It's like the same era. Oh, yeah. And um, I gave you the director's cut, I think. So. All right. Well, I'll look when I get home. Yeah. I'll text you. Um, so if there's if a theatrical. Is, you'll watch that. Or do you want me to watch the theatrical or the, or the extra? Um, Watch the theatrical because the theatrical version is more vague. I have never seen the director's cut until like yesterday. I watched the director's cut yesterday and we'll just go back and forth and we'll talk about that. So watch the theatrical cut if you have it. But if you only have the director's cut, then just watch that and we'll talk about it then. So, so, uh, yeah, next time it's going to be Donnie Darko, which will go up against Spoondock Saints from our, uh, our high school days. Sweet. I figured it was a good little like back and forth. Yours is like an old school, like gangster movie. Mine is like another obscure art house movie. (laughs) Well, this was more like a psychological thriller type deal, ain't it? Psychological, time travel, art house. Yeah, it's Donnie Darko. Fucked up bunny looking thing. Right. Yeah, that's very much iconic. Yeah. We'll see. So yeah, we're going to do Donnie Darko next, which I'm kind of excited for. It's one of those movies that has always been on my radar, just never really talked about. Um, I'm just glad I don't have to watch a movie about fucking ballet or uh, fashion design this week. Like, you know, it's it'll be nice to branch out a little bit it's out of fucking women professions. That we I got we got those about. out of the way. I don't think I have any more of those. But I, I think Ingrid Ingrid Goes West is another one that's like kind of geared towards women. But I was thinking to myself, like, does Greg want me to like fucking take a women's social studies class? <laughs> like, does he think that I'm not in tune with women? <laughs> I just want you to know what women are going through. Do you not know their pain, bro? (laughs) Do you not feel their struggle? (laughs) No, I think we're kind of done with those kind of movies for now, but I go lie though, bro. Like I, the one thing I really did like thinking back on, uh, the one, the last one we did, uh, neon demon. Yeah. I love watching the fucking chicks, uh, fucking when she eats that fucking eyeball, bro. Oh, right. Right. That fucked me up, dude. (laughs) An old girl was it's because there. it seems like such a normal movie until and the end and you're like wait what the fuck side. did i have what the fuck happened did i watch what it goes so left it like. does i love that director yeah. um so i have never seen a wes anderson movie fun oh, yeah? fact yeah 
I've looked at his filmography and I've never really sat down and watched any of his movies. Only like one of them. The uh, Royal Tenenbaums. Yeah. So I'm going to go on like a Wes Anderson movie. And I just got this one in the mail yesterday. Grand Budapest Hotel. I have heard that a lot of people like that one. Yeah, it's the Criterion. It's not my kind of movie, but. It's on my to watch best movies. So I decided to buy it. Me and the wife are going to watch it. Another um, one I always hear people talking about he did was that Darjeeling Limited. Mm-hmm. The one about the train. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's got. Uh, there are so many that he's done that people recommend, like the Life of the Aquamarine. Is that the name of it? Oh, dude. Zulu, bro. Steve Zulu. People yeah. love that fucking movie, dude. Isle of Dogs he did. I ain't seen any of that shit. Right. Steve Life Aquatic and Steve Zulu. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very obscure comedy. Right. Um, people love Bill Murray in it and Willem Dafoe in it. Like, it's got some good actors in it. That's what I'm saying. I've never seen his movies. Actually, I think the movie that I watched the other day that kind of got me on this kick is the, uh, what's the name of that one you said you had? Inherent Vice? Yeah. Yeah, I watched that one and apparently that's a Wes Anderson movie. So it got me on this like wanting to watch his movies kick. Yeah, I haven't seen a new movie of his in so long, bro. Like, I don't even know what his style's looking like nowadays. <laughs> so I'm going to watch this. Maybe maybe in the future we'll talk about some Wes Anderson f- films. Maybe. Cool, cool, cool. But as of right now, next week, Donnie Darko. Donnie Darko. <laughs> Till then. Later, y'all. <laughs> Later.